Welcome to another episode of Brood. I'm Adonis. I'm Jen. And I'm Bryce. Yeah, and this is the podcast where we have coffee and we have conversation. Um, we have a full panel back for the first time in Yay. months. Uh, Bryce and I were here last week to give you guys a, a welcome back episode. We it was a fun episode. We talked a lot about TV shows, which you, yeah. you can't really do when Jen's here since she you know she doesn't watch TV. Um, <laughs> so it was nice. Uh, so uh, wow. yeah, we got all that out of our system though. Just imagine. so this so is announcement saying Jen, we really liked it when you weren't here, but <laughs> uh, we got it all out of our all out of our system. Yes. So now we're ready to have very excited to have her back about other things. Jen, you're back. Yeah, welcome back. We're finally in studio two. Yeah, uh, masked up though. Masked so up, all definitely. All people out there who are like, oh, "How dare they?" Uh, we are trying to be as safe <laughs> as possible. Um, but yeah, let's 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 bring the people back into the life of, of Jennifer. What have you been up to? Like I said last week, it's been about a month since well, we recorded, so they haven't yeah. heard from you in a month. Well, well not since listen, we they Sorry. haven't heard from me because yes. we've had audio we've had difficulties. Yeah. One time my mic wasn't on. <laughs> the other it's time fun. it was me. Yeah, <laughs> Things it's fine. Things um, But besides that, I've just been working a lot and, um, you know, that's basically it. <laughs> but what she's not saying is that she's... For her, like that's a lot. She's taken some time to really take care of her life and get things sorted out, and she has her priorities yeah. getting straight. And she's taking yeah. care of her family. Yeah. She's pretty like she's doing all this work and Thank trying you. to go through their schedules because she's trying to make sure her family's good to go. Yeah. And that's been that's a lot. We see that. Like don't Thank don't you. worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. I've never felt this. Um, like empowered before i think oh wow okay yeah like it it has been a lot of work like i i calculated my hours from last week and it was like 48 i mean that's not like crazy but since it's two jobs like it's like the time in between is like where i just come home and shower real quick and leave again or whatever Sure. sure um but at the same time like i feel like i'm kind of getting everything in order how i've always wanted it Mm. and there's like a lot going on at the same time, but I feel like I'm getting somewhere. Like I don't feel stuck anymore. Okay. Like you don't feel like you're just working to just work. Like you're yeah. just doing it. That's getting that's a really cool yeah. feeling. That yeah. is awesome. Which yeah. also makes me like kind of feel lucky to be able to do that during the pandemic. Sure. You know, because like my sister right now doesn't have a job, so I'm I'm imagining that a lot of other people might also oh, yeah. be in the same boat. Absolutely. You hear stories every day about people who are, you know, sort of on their last legs financially, who aren't able to make ends meet, who are going through some very serious hardships right now. So I think, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it's it's good of you. And I do the same thing. I I, sometimes I take a step back and think about how fortunate I am to be in the position that I'm in. And I I think, you know, both of us are people who don't take that for granted just because we, we we've seen the other side of what that looks like. And it's definitely something that we're grateful for. Yep. Awesome. Well, welcome back. Thank uh, it's you. Good to have mm-hmm. you back at the table. Um, but this is a, a show where we talk about coffee as well as have deep uh, conversations. So uh, today we are actually drinking. Uh, I think Bryce mentioned it on last week's episode. He was drinking some of his uh, some beans that his friends 
roast on their own. Yeah, um, and now everyone got to try it. Yeah, so we all got to try exciting. it. Exciting. So mm-hmm. you want to give us a little bit of a breakdown of what 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 this coffee is again? I guess I don't know if you went through that last week or not. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I did either. Uh, basically, I have a buddy who's been roasting his own beans and kind of experimenting and finding his uh, flavor profile he's trying to go for and everything for the past, I don't know, over a decade easy. Oh, damn. Um, or maybe just around a decade. And he, uh, it's a dark roast. It's a stronger roast. And um, it is Taking Wings Coffee Roasters. He's not trying to commercialize it, but I love saying the name. Like, it's <laughs> their, their last name is Wing and just to... The logo is like extremely cute, and it's like a, a coffee cup with uh, with just kind of like uh, angelic wings on it, and it's just it's a cool thing. And he's been he's been tinkering with it for a long time. He's definitely very passionate about it. They're they're an experimental family. They love messing with that. They also make kombucha and some other stuff. So nice. oh. I've been learning a lot from them. It's been really a really exciting process. Awesome. Um, yeah, so this was the first time I had to, I got to try it, and I definitely enjoyed it. It's, uh, to use a word that we established last week, it's a very comforting roast. You know, it's yeah. it, it felt very nice and very easy to drink. It wasn't uh, bitter or it wasn't acidic at all. It was just very good. Um, definitely something that I could, you know, see myself having on a daily basis. It's got that sort of foundational um, yes. um, feel to it. It's very, I feel like it would taste good black but it also wouldn't uh you know putting milk or sugar into it wouldn't ruin the flavor profile Mm -hmm. at all it's got a it's got a specific enough taste to it and tons of flavor so i was definitely a fan definitely liked it yeah i liked it too and you don't even normally like dark roast so i think that's a feat on its own you know Yeah. yeah usually i can tell right away that i'm like oh this is probably a little too much yeah but this one was perfect nice yeah, I love it a lot. It's definitely it's just strong and bold and tastes just right for me. I awesome. love it. We usually, whenever I go over there, um, they have an espresso machine, and we usually just drink like Americanos or cappuccinos, things like mm. that. And that's that's the form I really love. And we're drinking it drip today, um, but we t- uh, the way I usually drink it is as an Americano or some sort of espresso formation, and I, I really love it in that is really good. So they're like really into coffee like all of oh, us. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they're really into. It. He has yeah. <laughs> he has uh he's been kind of I did post some. I think I mentioned this last mm. time, but I they did uh the there's pictures I posted on the Brood Podcast Instagram and it uh and that was showed his kind of makeshift thing that he had been doing. He had the a setup inside the grill where he roasts it and then he had um he just has a whole setup that custom setup he did for himself just to kind of get by but he just ordered uh kind of a new a new toy to play with that will kind of come in over the next few months and he's really excited to have like an official roaster so i think uh you know maybe sometime in the future if we ever get to mobile podcasting maybe we can take a trip to his uh to his place and have him explain his process to us i think that'd be fun yeah cool to go through yeah he'd love that awesome um, yeah, we tried a, a couple of different coffees today. Uh, Bryce mentioned espresso. Uh, we had some espresso. 
Uh, something happened to it, though. <laughs> Jen, <laughs> Jen, you want to explain this phenomenon of what you call it a dead espresso, right? Like dead, espre- dead espresso. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, well, I, I hadn't heard that. I mean, I've heard you use that term before. Um, what is what is that exactly? What happens with that system? Well, it's like, remember when you were telling me that there was like a crema on top? Yes, so uh-huh. it's like the white foam at the top. And then the body of it is supposed to be like a little black part at the bottom uh-huh. but then wait the body is like the whole thing sure the heart sorry is okay. the little black part on the bottom but then the whole thing turned like into heart okay and okay. so it kind of um like the flavor of it was like too strong like yeah. if you drink it kind of like right away or like mix it with something right away mm-hmm. then it's not as intense and you can kind of taste the body of it or like the very top foamy like light stuff of it okay but it was just straight like body i mean heart it was (laughs) it was a lot uh we added some oat milk to it and it salvaged it for me i was able to because when i first tried Mm -hmm. it without you know the milk i was like oh no both our faces were like (laughs) stinky faces yeah it's like it's it was undrinkable but luckily some some oat milk was able to bring it back to life it's sort of similar i I guess what happened yeah, it might have just been sitting. We had we did let it sit for a few oh, minutes. Um, is it is? I wonder if it's similar to the nitro cold brew like that. How you told us in the past that that had to be, you're supposed to drink that almost right yeah, away, right? Because um, the nitro like goes into it, yeah. and it you can tell the colors, the layers of mm-hmm. it, and then when it's sitting there, it just turns straight up black. Yeah, so, so it's just another one hmm. of those coffees that you have to drink right away. Um, good to know. Good to know. Or mix with milk because obviously, if you have an espresso drink and you you can let it sit for a while and it won't it won't turn into to that um but uh yeah it was good uh there were they were just straight from starbucks that their their espresso roast uh so i think i'm excited to play with that i i i've mentioned it on the show before but i have a uh, a little uh cheap little budget little uh, espresso maker that mm-hmm. i've been playing with a lot uh just making espresso drinks just having fun with it so um yeah, i'm excited to to use those beans and and try try out some new stuff but cool. Um, we have a full episode coming up for you guys today. It's going to be another one of our, our free flow episodes. So we're just going to see where the conversation and the coffee takes us. So before we dive into that, let's go get a refill and we'll uh, come back with some conversation for you guys. Mm-hmm. Be right back. Welcome back. Um, so like I said before the break, we have some conversation planned for you guys, but we're also just going to let the conversation kind of develop and see where it goes. Um, so recently, uh, we had the first night of the broadcast of the Democratic National Convention. Um, it's a little unconventional this year. But um, bunch. So funny. <laughs> um, because this is obviously there's a pandemic going around. Obviously, they're not able to to do it the traditional way where they, you know, rent rent out a huge space and have all these people come. It's a huge party. People are excited. You know, you're sitting you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with people like minded people who are excited about the the nominee and you're all super excited uh Mm. it was a virtual convention this time we had a bunch of different speakers that came in and uh talked to a webcam basically um 
sort of similar to everything that's happening in in post COVID America. So um, it was interesting though. I it was a two hour. They're actually uh, shortening shortening them. So normally the events go anywhere from like four to six hours a night. Oh, that was shorter. That was a two hour. Oh, it was a two hour one. Um, and it's gonna be happening uh, for the next few days or so. So um, yeah, it's, the f- it's just to get you hyped up for the. That's literally what it's for. Yeah. Who they nominate? <laughs> that yeah, who explains the nominate is, a yeah. lot. It's basically where the nominee officially accepts the nomination from the party. Um, the hype videos. Yeah, and in in years past, you know, there have been uh, there has been like contested conventions where there's two nominees and there's not a clear winner. Mm. So it helps you. It it actually serves a purpose in that sense to where the nominee is actually selected at the convention. Um, but this year, obviously, with the Democratic Party, every other candidate has dropped out of the race, leaving mm. Joe Biden as the presumptive nominee. So um, yeah, it's, it's just a Joe Biden party. Um, some uh, of them wanted to take time to um, worry about the pandemic and yeah. its people instead of um, campaigning. Sure. Yeah, Bernie. absolutely. Um, um, yeah. So this was I've, I've been watching the convention since I started voting uh, back in 2008. And uh, yeah, it was definitely interesting watching it this way. Uh, I, I think it actually helped. um because it does cut out a lot of the fluff and it cuts out a lot of the technical difficulties that often happen at these conventions. So um, it was nice in that way. Um, And also it seemed a little more personal because when you did have the bigger speakers coming through, uh, you know, like the Michelle Obamas and the Bernie Sanders, it felt more personal having them just on screen Mm -hmm. by themselves. And it felt like they were just talking to you, which was nice. Um, But yeah, I didn't, I didn't have really any negative, uh, anything negative to say about the format of it. Uh, I was a little worried going into it, but it was it was nice. I think it was actually well done. The quality was actually better than I was expecting it to be. Um, Ava Longoria was hosting it, and that was interesting. Uh, but she did a good job. Um, yeah. I liked uh, it. So I, we have sort of a, a, a spectrum of of how we feel about the the Democratic Party on the on the on the on the panel. Um, because I am someone who I consider myself a part of the Democratic Party. Uh, I think Jen is outside of it in the in the sense that she tends to lean more liberal than the Democratic Party allows. I guess you you consider yourself a progressive Democrat, right? If you had to I put a label so. on it, I'm okay. I'm more off to the left and more off liberal instead of off authoritative. Okay. Or whatever. Okay. On your yeah yeah. And then Bryce, I, I mean, I don't, you don't lean Republican or anything like that, but you're just someone who's not super exposed to this kind of thing, right? Yeah, I'm not super exposed to politics a lot. I've been making an effort to expose myself more, to be more a part of it. Uh, and uh, part of that effort was watching almost the full video last night, which for me, and I know it's not a big deal, and it sh- or it shouldn't be a big deal. People, mm-hmm. we should be watching these. We should be paying attention to everything. But for me, for someone who hasn't paid attention, and even tried to stay away from watching things over the years, mm-hmm. uh, it was that was a huge thing for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely don't. I usually stay away from watching things. Um, I don't watch so, them yeah. either. I've never mm. watched them before. Wow. Okay. Um, when I was younger on the like Mexican news, we used to watch like when they would talk about the immigration things and then that's about it. Um, 
But yesterday's, I just watched Bernie's and part of Michelle Obama's, like, little, um, kind of like, yeah, they're kind of like endorsing. Sure. Yeah, Biden, like, publicly. Yeah, yeah, that's what the whole video, that's what the whole video was for. Yeah. I don't really need people to tell me. (laughs) I mean, I really appreciated, like, Bernie's, um, I feel like he was really genuine about sure. it like he's very like he's urging on because he ha- i mean not to get super into it right now but i he has to sort of people are expecting him to sway his base and his base is you know like in 2016 his base was a part of the people who were like yeah. oh if we don't have bernie we're not going to vote at all um so he i think he's urging his base to vote for biden because he knows that if he if his base doesn't come out to vote yeah we're probably going to lose the election it's just hard yeah um i mean it's not that they're not going to vote it's that they're probably going to vote like again like independent or they're going to write him in or they're going to write in somebody else which doesn't help anything yeah which is right now basically not voting (laughs) yeah um well i'm sorry i don't mean to say that if you vote throw vote third party it's not it's like not voting i personally think that but you know you can vote for whoever you want to vote for um let's, i want to start with bryce though because i want i feel like bryce as someone who is on the outside and who was watching this for the first time did this sway i mean it was like a two hour long endorsement for joe biden did this sway you in his direction at all or was it just lost on you uh i mean for me like all of the just watching the video and the vibe for it it was just a bunch of anecdotes and a mm-hmm. bunch of like kind of um just i don't i'm going to use this word sob story but i'm not i didn't see him as a negative like they're they're stories that we need to hear and they're okay. stories that we need but i had i have been paying attention to these stories and i have been hearing all about this and i've been pretty in tune just mainly because of talking with you guys and then my family and friends and stuff. And so it just felt like I was kind of being berated with more of these stories. And I, I, I guess I didn't have any expectations going into this video. Okay. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. Um, so it just felt like a bunch of anecdotes when, when I thought, I think I thought I was getting the debate feeling. I thought I was going to go into this video with the debate feelings, Hmm. like giving, giving point by points on why I should follow someone. Okay. But it's not the debate at all. Like no. it's it's just not, which I didn't know, and that was okay. kind of my fault for going in with those expectations. But Bernie's and uh, Michelle Obama's speeches were probably. I think I like Bernie's the best. Mm. But I mean, it definitely felt. Um, I mean, it definitely swayed me more. I mean, I'm already swayed toward that agenda okay. anyway, just because. But uh, I definitely felt. I mean, they. They make a good effort for it, but it definitely sure. just felt like a bunch of emotional words versus like policy words. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think that you, you brought up Bernie's and I'm not, portion of it. Yeah, he and I'm definitely laid out a bunch of points. Like, exactly. Oh, and Joe I Biden loved his the best. This, this, yeah. this, this, yeah. this. When, when like, I when I'm voting for someone, like I don't want these emotional pieces. I want points. I want policy. I don't want to say this is the person because. Uh, I don't whatever. like the idea of this is the person we should vote for because the other um, option we have is to like basically our country go to hell kind of thing. Yeah. Like that's kind of what they were saying. But I mean, I get it why they would say something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's and I mean, I think at this point, you know, the Democrats like me who are like, you know, it's either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And for me, the answer is clear. 
it has to be Joe Biden. Um, I think, you know, when you're trying to sway the other side, I think they're just trying to drive that point home. Like, you listen, if you don't vote for this guy, you're going to get four more years of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And is that what you want? If you don't want that, you're going to have to vote for Joe. Um, so <laughs> I think it is that whole lesser of two evils type of thinking that they're trying to make people realize like, hey, you know, there is no third option here because there are a ton of third party candidates, but they don't stand a chance at actually winning. So why are you going to, quote unquote, waste your vote on voting for one of them, you know? Um, and I think I think the biggest part of it was the the, the Bernie sort of endorsement i guess because again his base is that base that's that's very opinionated that is like not they're not willing to settle um and i would say he did a great job at doing it with his speech because he like you said he was giving his point by point uh-huh. which i liked he was giving the points on like what biden's representing what bernie represented that biden is representing mm-hmm. and what they don't want represented which is what trump was representing and then he at the end he brought it all together and made statements saying we need to vote for biden like sure. he's he told his base to go vote for biden yeah. which yeah. so like he to me he did the best job like his was the most convincing and the most enthralling for me to watch gotcha and like michelle obama's i'm well, I'm sure we'll talk about her in a minute maybe but she she had a powerful speech, and mm-hmm. as someone who doesn't usually watch these, I had actually never seen one of her speeches. I've never watched any of her speeches, mm-hmm. and now I understand why people love her so much. Like, mm-hmm. I just was watching the speeches. Like, she is not only, like, passionately emotional in her speech. All of her words aren't just trying to sway emotions. Like, they're, mm-hmm. she's just such an intelligent woman. It was so I loved watching that speech. It was really mm-hmm. strong. Nice. I can't believe I used to live in an America where she was the first lady and mm-hmm. I took it for granted. <laughs> yeah. And now everything is weird. Yes. We're in the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen, as someone who is a part of that, you know, Bernie Sanders base, uh, did this push you in any kind of positive direction or are you still just like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. I think... I I totally understand what he's trying to do. And um, I love him. And it's just really hard right now. Because I'm still like... The thing about people saying that you're throwing away your vote doesn't really make sense to me. Because if a vote for not Biden is a vote for Trump, then a vote for not Trump would be a vote for Biden. Like, it doesn't mm, make sense. How? Mm, that's what not. is that logic? Because I think the logic is that we you need every vote to beat Donald Trump, right? Because the Republicans aren't, they, they would rather keep, though they would rather keep the White House than have to replace, uh, than have a Democrat in the White House. So they would rather keep Donald Trump as as the president rather than have a Democrat in the White House. So every Republican out there is going to vote for Donald Trump, regardless. Okay. So, so you're splitting it up as there's only... Because, I mean, yeah, there's only two parties. Sure. I guess. That, there, there are two big yeah. parties. Yeah. 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 And everyone on the right, you're saying, is, is only going to vote for Trump. Exactly. Yeah. And then you split the others. Then if, like, if everyone mean, votes for Bernie or a third party, then... The Democratic votes are those aren't votes that wouldn't have gone to Donald Trump anyway. Last time with Hillary still winning the popular vote, even with a bunch of people voting third party and all this stuff, Uh then what's the difference? What if they would have voted for Hillary too? That she would have won. 
how if she won the popular vote anyways yeah but, i mean that we we can't really get into a conversation on the electoral college it matters <laughs> where you win the votes right that's yeah where the states matter so she lost states that she could have won so i live in arizona sure so I don't know. How likely is it that Biden will even win this? State? I mean, I guess that's a that's a fair way, but I think I think my issue with that is that that's a defeatist attitude, right? Yeah, that's like, I get you. Know, you. If everybody felt that way, then that's why we're gonna end up with four more years of, of Trump, you know. Um, if people are only gonna vote in states where he stands a chance of winning, then he's not gonna win the presidency. So I don't know. Like I just yeah. feel. It's I just, just feel like there's no change coming. It just feels sure. like we're going backwards. Yeah, and I think I, and you, we have this argument with with people all the time, like, oh, pre, whoever the president isn't going to make your life better. You know, yeah, you have to vote locally. You have to do X, Y, Z, and that's true. At the same time, however, I feel like having a. Uh, uh, a president in office who supports the agenda that you support is going to make things very easy for those local governments to pass certain things. Right. So if there's yeah. a Democrat in the White House and I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, certain policies not passing because the president has a veto pen and he can even if it gets through Congress and the Senate, he can just say no. You know, so I feel like having a, 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 a person in the White House who supports the agenda that you support is always better than the opposite. It's always better than having someone in the White House who doesn't support your agenda. So that's how I look at it. I'd look at it as having Joe Biden in the White House will make it easier for Congress and hopefully the Senate, which will hopefully be a Democratic Senate come November. Um, well, it will just help the policies that I support get pushed through easier. So that's how I'm yeah. looking at it. Yeah, um, and I think the biggest thing is, like, what what the leader of our nation, like, represents. Sure. And what the citizens feel like they're allowed to do. Yeah. And allowed to, like, how they're allowed to express themselves. So, yeah, I get it. But it doesn't sound like it was enough to sway you, so let's. we just got to hope that <laughs> <laughs> your your cohorts out there will be I mean, I would never too. vote for Trump. True. Yeah. <laughs> watch, uh, watch the, Biden, or watch the uh, Bernie speech for Biden a few more times. Uh, Listen to that last sentence he has in there. <laughs> I, uh, just before we get out of this topic, because I know we're you know getting into some serious stuff. Um, I just, yeah, Michelle Obama, there, there are a few people on this planet that I love more than Michelle Obama. Uh, she's just <laughs> fantastic. I, I love everything about that woman. And, uh, yeah, I was to say I was enthralled by her speech would be an understatement. I, uh, started clapping at the end when I was watching it in my house alone. Um, so <laughs> I should tell you how much I love that lady. Uh, yeah, it's just, I, you know, it's, it's incredible. Um, just to to be able to to live in a time where I can experience her voice and uh, get to watch her be a person is something that I'm thankful for every day. She's fantastic. I love her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm definitely. I I mean, it makes me want to go back and watch yeah other speeches and even read her book. And this is someone who doesn't in the past is not a diving into politics enough person, at all yeah. yeah not a political person when i i ought to be so i'm that was definitely a powerful speech it was really good yeah. i understand why people love her she is fantastic um but yeah i feel like we don't want to spend too much time talking about the democratic national convention um just because i feel like there <laughs> yeah, might be some people out there who are like fully politics, political politics, politics. <laughs> um 
Yeah, I want. I did want to talk to you guys. This is sort of. Uh, it doesn't have to be about specific parties, but um, do you guys remember the first time you voted at all, or what that was? What that experience was like for you? Yes. Um, okay, Jen, tell 2016. us. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. You were how old? Mm, I think nineteen. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> well, how old am I now? What's math? Now? What's age? I'm 25. Okay, so 26. I had to think about your age for a second there. <laughs> would have been six, uh, four years ago. So you would have been 20. What? 21. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> um. Okay. I don't know if that was the first time ever then. It would have had to have been, right? But that was when I went were... in person. That was my first time in person. And I stood... At the primaries for three hours. Who'd you vote for? Bernie. Bernie and your first vote. You've been a lifelong fan. <laughs> well, political lifelong. lifelong fan, yeah. <laughs> as long as your political life has existed, you've supported Bernie Sanders. That's impressive. Um, for me, I was uh, I was 18. I uh, got to vote in the 2008 election. Um, I voted for Hillary during the primary. Uh, voted for Brock after Hillary lost the primary. And, uh, yeah, that was my, my first – the first time I ever voted was actually on my birthday when I turned 18 in the Indiana primary. Ooh, the nice. Indiana primary fell on my birthday, my 18th birthday. Nice. A pretty big deal uh, for uh, a young, angry black kid uh, <laughs> who was super <laughs> into politics at the time. Um, I was uh, definitely a fight the power, fight the system type of person. And you and voted Hillary? Yeah, she mm. had my vote. She was somebody who I thought could bring real change to the country. <laughs> and she was someone who I had complete and total faith in back in 2008 and in 2016. But that's a <laughs> that's a different conversation. Um, yeah, so I, uh, you know, um, yeah, that was my first time voting. I did a bunch of campaigning. Uh, for both the Clinton and the Obama campaigns, uh, I was I was in it, man. Like that was my that was my jam when I was a, an 18 year old kid. Uh, had a lot more faith in the system, I guess, in the in the ability to bring change, I guess, mm. the, than I do now. Um, I'm a little more cynical now, not as hopeful, not as uh, wide eyed, innocent as I was back in those days. Um, but yeah, it was a it was an interesting time, and uh, I'm really glad that I got to be a part of that 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 historic election at this point. Um, it was it was great times. How about you, Bryce? I don't remember no, the first whoa. time. I know I voted <laughs> for into the. I know I voted in 2008. Okay, because everyone was saying, all my coworkers and everyone was saying it was like a big deal. I needed to do it. Yeah, and I remember just talking to people about different, just some pol- some surface level policy stuff sure. and like which president represents what best or which candidate represents what best and i remember just like mostly what i remember is just what how people were saying what they were saying and i'm pretty sure like they were saying like certain things like don't vote for this because of this or vote for hillary because of such and such just like the way I just remember listening, I, since I didn't understand anything they were talking about, I mostly listened to like what words they were using and how they were like going about selling, selling okay. it. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I think most people at the time were telling me to go Hillary, and but the way they were talking and how they like brought it about, I was like, okay, and voted opposite hmm. because of just 
the way they were the way they talked about it oh wow okay um so i'm pretty sure that's how i came about that decision and voted for obama about remember like actually like feeling like i mean i did it but it's not something i cared about so therefore i don't remember like (laughs) i don't remember whether i dropped it in the mail or if i just it's not gonna make early ballot or something your top 10 moments of your life no the first time not even a little bit (laughs) (laughs) it's not like a a, it's not a world-changing thing for me and i'll pardon the expression in the, but in the, because in the, in the biopic of your life it's a biopic of bryce's life yeah, yeah. <laughs> my sister just voted for the first time oh awesome that's good yeah. mm, we both dropped off our ballot and that's when we met that one man i already <laughs> forgot his name that's good though that's good that she's somebody who's voting for the first time and it was for uh, a local primary that's good yeah because mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people have this you know I'm only going to vote in the presidential elections type of mentality, and that doesn't help. That's the difference for me this year, too, is I mm. voted in the local primaries. Yeah. I had never done that. Yeah. Because that that's what's going to bring about the most direct change for your life, personally, are these local elections that people don't even care about. But I remember a few months ago, there was like, or maybe even last year. I don't know. Time doesn't make sense. <laughs> but there was like one thing that we that everyone was voting on for schools. And it was just a yes or no question. And it was literally just one question. And I remember I dropped off my ballot at like mm. 7 p.m. or something. And then it was only old people going into the dropping place. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to I have I'm already signed up for the mail in ballots. I don't know if I'll actually do that this time around. Just because I'm a little bit worried about what that's gonna look like come November, so yeah, I'm just gonna drop it off again. Yeah, I think that's probably that's the what safest I'll do. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess that means I should probably stick around for <laughs> that because I was planning on relocating to Washington by then, but oh, by November. I mean that that was like the dream scenario. Oh, okay. I didn't know how realistic <laughs> it was, but maybe Fair I need enough. to stick around to make sure the vote goes through. Yeah, <laughs> make sure I get that ballot and get it in. Yeah, might not <laughs> that, be a bad idea. Probably that's a pretty good reason to stick yeah, around. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's crazy. Just thinking about this, all of that. Yeah, no, it's a big. I mean, it's an election year, obviously, so all of these uh, thoughts come into play a little more prominently during an, ele- an election year. Um, but yeah, it's something that I think should be on people's minds all the time, not just every four years. So uh, I think we're I think, again, looking at the the youth, not to sound like a grandpa, but now looking at <laughs> looking at the younger generation, I definitely feel like they're way more involved uh, than my peers were when I was, you know, an, an older teenager. They definitely have um, they're, they're much more informed and they, mm-hmm. and there's a desire for them to stay informed. And I, I appreciate, I have my qualms with those children, but you know, that's not one of them. I, I do like the fact that they are, uh, challenging, um, the information that's being given to them and doing their own research and, and sort of figuring things out on their own. That's, it's something that I, I definitely think is a, a plus for Gen Z. Yeah, I definitely really admire them. Yeah. I think they're going to make a difference, but I don't yeah. know if the world will be alive long enough to see. That's a good point. That. Yeah, we never know. We never know. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so that is our political discussion. Sorry to bore all of you out there who <laughs> don't give two shits about politics, but you should. You should give two shits. You should give three shits. Yeah, one thing that's been helping me, <laughs> one thing that's been helping me kind of meld my perspective 
on the political world and looking up policies and things like that has been like I, I don't have kids of my own, but mm-hmm. I've been spending a lot of time. I live with my friends and they have two kids, a five and a three year old, and I just think about like if I did have kids or how, um, just like what I would how I would want to raise my mm-hmm. own children and what I would talk to them about when I would talk to them about things and what's important for them to know. And I, like I grew up, I read a lot of fantasy books, sci-fi, played a lot of games. I just kind of lived my life. I was never, uh, my parents never kind of talked about that stuff at all with us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't brought up. Like we needed to talk about any of that. Mm-hmm. There was no weight to any of that. Um, so, I just think about that. I just think about that. And every time I think about um, like a moment with the kid I don't even have yet, like I think about how important it is to to talk about these things and how I would like them to be more aware of this stuff and how you can be aware of this stuff and be a part of the political world without it being this cumbersome terrible thing Mm -hmm. and which is what i always thought it was because i had to get into it by myself without Mm -hmm. anybody like coaxing so every time i was you know whenever i saw something political it was in a movie or it was in a book or something it was always this terrible big clash of things because it's dramatic it's meant Mm -hmm. to be because that's how yeah it was being presented to me but it doesn't have to they're just talks they're deep talks you should have anyway absolutely and so i think about those talks i would have with my kids my hypothetical kids I'm like, well, why don't I just talk to myself that way and get myself <laughs> to see, like, add some weight to this stuff? And so I kind of like, mm. I, I just see it through the eyes of like hypothetical kids, that, like huh. that I don't even have, and that helps me. Like, well, if it's important to kids I'm gonna raise, why isn't it important to me at this moment in time, like right now? Hmm. So that's an interesting way to look at it, for sure. Yeah. So, like, like if it's important in the future, why isn't it important now? So that's kind of how I've been trying to go about it. Like, it doesn't always. It's not a a clicking epiphany moment. Like, I still have to make sure I think about that, and it's something you. It's a habit you have to create. So it's it's been an interesting journey, and it's gonna continue because it still is a grind for me, but it's important. All right. Well, on that note, I think we'll uh, go grab another cup of coffee and come back with some uh, some more lighthearted talk for you guys. Uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, guys. Um, so have you guys heard that Annabelle the doll <laughs> escaped from the museum? Because Annabelle's like a real doll, right? I Because forever, I thought it was like, just a movie, but it's based on it's like based an actual on a real doll, story, right? yeah. Okay. But when you say escaped, <laughs> you mean someone stole it. No, she ran out. I don't... I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It never actually happened. Um, the man who like, uh, like protects the museum the or curator. like... The curator. Yeah. The, his name is Tony Sparrow, and he has a YouTube channel, and he said that... Um, he guesses that the rumor came from some people are saying Wikipedia said that she like wasn't in her enclosure anymore. So everyone kind of took that and ran with it. (laughs) He said that there was like an interview and when it was translated in China, like, um, it kind of translated to, um, escape instead of running or something. Cause she like the late, the lady that plays Annabelle in the Mm -hmm. movie, um, 
was talking about running with um, Tom Cruise in a new movie. Is it Tom Cruise? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think I saw that article like that she said Tom Cruise doesn't like to run alongside people in his movies. Is that what mm-hmm. you're talking about? Yeah. And her real name is like Annabelle. Okay. In real life. Okay, yeah. So people took that as the doll. <laughs> this is why the this is spread so of misinformation is so dangerous. It's like to a really a bad society. game of telephone tag. Like exactly, <laughs> and so everyone on TikTok like room run run room ran. Ran, <laughs> took ran. that story and ran with it and they were just like oh my god annabelle the doll is like literally looking Yikes. at all of us right now oh man this is this is that's crazy that that got so convoluted from two different stories it's like yeah. that has one that has nothing to do with the other other than one's <laughs> based other than they're both based on movies right that's crazy yeah you guys that is you, crazy bryce you didn't know she was like a real doll uh, I don't know. I don't follow that universe. I don't pay attention. Well, to I mean, it was She's a real like a doll. Rag, I mean, it's a real based doll. off of a Raggedy story Ann off of this doll, doll. right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's just a doll. I'm sure I've been told it before. I'm sure like I came across that information, but yeah. like I just because that kind of stuff the, goes in one year and out the other. Like I don't pay attention to that. The stuff. Warrens, right? Those are the yeah. two main characters from Warren The Conjuring. And yeah. Ed. I don't know. I remember liking The Conjuring, and I've seen it a couple of times since yeah, it came out, and it's one of the few horror movies that actually. I enjoy. like the yeah. yeah. I, I still haven't seen the second one. Um, I heard it was really good too. Um, the third Very one's supposed scary. to be. I actually do. I like. I have more memory of the second one than the first. Mm. And I do enjoy it. I and I'm not huge into that stuff. So. Yeah. So I. Uh, yeah. I mean, I and to be honest, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I actually enjoyed Annabelle Creation. I didn't like the standalone Annabelle movie, but I did like the sort of they did the spinoff and they did a spinoff of the spinoff and. I think there's another a sequel to the spinoff of the spinoff coming. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think I started wait, creation. Wait, what's creation? Creation's the origin. Yeah, story, creation's right? like sort of the beginning of the oh, story. I don't and there's supposed to be good it. reviews on it, right? Because I think I've seen yeah. a lot of good things about it. I think I started that and watched like half an hour of it. I think and I was really too terrified. It. Yeah, they're they're not bad movies. I think I mean the nun is from the Conjuring universe, and that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So, um, I think it's it's hit or miss with that whole universe of the Conjuring. But I've really only heard the nun being the bad one. Like even Trash. like other than the nun, yeah, being bad. I think the worst of the rest of the movies is at least decent enough to yeah. like. It's a decent watch. So I think the nun was the only one that really flopped hard for, especially for horror folk and stuff like that. This is totally, kind of totally unrelated. But have you guys ever walked out of a movie? Like have you guys just playing? I'm done with this. Uh, <laughs> Why do um, I think I have? I feel, like, I feel I, like I have two, but I can't remember. I don't okay. think I did. I know I've fallen asleep inside I've of one, which is not something I do, even yeah. for terrible movies. I know there was one I think I thought about walking out of. I've, oh, done it, I've done it twice. I definitely thought of walking out of the Fat Amy movie. Um, a Pitch Perfect? No. <laughs> um, what's her she real, does call what's herself her Fat name? Amy in there. No, what's her real name? Rebel, Rebel Wilson? Wilson yeah. of the, her movie, uh, Valentine's Day movie. Oh, uh, I Feel Pretty? I or uh, No, that, that was oh. Amy Schumer. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think so. The one where she's like on a tinder date right or she i've like isn't it romantic or something like that yeah, yeah i know what movie you're talking about some romance okay. one but comedy you, romance you i almost out walked out of that one but me and my sister just stuck it through because we were there together and mm. then the whole time we just like didn't we were just like what the heck and then um after we were like oh i kind of wanted to leave but i didn't want to be like 
rude to you if you wanted to stay. And she's like, no, I wanted to leave, but I didn't want to tell you. I'm glad that you guys didn't talk in the movie. That's good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> good etiquette there. Um, I've walked out of two. I've walked out of The Host, the <laughs> Stephanie Meyer movie with Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> I got to a point and I was like, this I is love that terrible. book. I didn't I never read the book. Um I don't know why I went to see the movie, but I remember just being like, Yeah. I was like an hour into it. I was like, Yeah, I'm 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 done with this and I left. And Madagascar three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that so one was random. more of like like why I, I got a ticket to it and I was like about thirty minutes in, I was like, "Why? Why did I choose to watch this?" And then I just left. And I was like, "Yeah, I can't see myself sitting oh my here for gosh. another hour." That's funny. Um, That's so funny. But yeah, Madagascar three and the host, I think, are the only two movies that I've ever said. You know what? I don't. I don't care to sit here for another hour. Normally, I'll stick it out. Normally, I'll be like, "Okay, this is a terrible movie." But yeah, if I didn't, and I, if I didn't have to review it for my other podcast, the Movie Docs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have walked the out of the plug. new uh, the new Hellboy because oh. that movie was a travesty and a half. Um, wow! Yeah, that's how I know a movie's bad because normally, like I said, I I am someone who respects filmmaking and I respect filmmakers, but if, if I know a movie's bad when I'm like, I really don't want to sit here for another hour and finish this movie. I've turned off movies at home too, but I, I, I was gonna say I've bad. turned off, especially recently, I've been turning off a ton of movies. Yeah. But it's pretty. It's I pretty bad when you think about it. I know I've walked that. away from what I just can't think of what it was that I walked out of. I uh, watched. Pretty sure I almost walked out of Bruno. Oh, but for some reason, me and my buddy didn't. Out of that when I was watching. For some reason, we didn't. We finished it through. <laughs> a lot of old people were like, "I'm done with this." I don't know. know why. What? 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 What or, would possess a senior to go see Bruno? Yeah, or know. when <laughs> they walked out of uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Like the first two minutes. <laughs> yeah. But um, I watched Gangs of New York this oh, weekend. Nice. I kind of thought it was boring. It's oh, long. It is a long. long movie. It's very long and. The editing made me laugh. Like, it was cringy. Oh, yikes. That's a Scorsese I was film, like, bro. yeah, for real. <laughs> I was like, okay, Daniel Day-Lewis is carrying this film. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. Uh, that's funny, everyone that's else of, is cringy. That's funny. That's one of my very, 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 very few roles of John C. Rallys that I like. Is, oh, yeah. yeah. Is him in that movie. Oh, my. I don't remember anything Just about the movie, but I remember him made me be like, this is funny. Like, but he's but someone who does serious <laughs> well. He acted really well. He, he does, does it really roles, well. Yeah, really well. And there was another guy in there. Oh, the guy that's in Moulin Rouge is in there, so I see it as funny, too, because of that. And then the editing was funny. Um, He's like a politician in the movie. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I watched that movie when I was really young, so it's always had this sort of prestige around it, Gangs of New York. It's definitely not my favorite Martin Scorsese film, but I love I love Liam Neeson in it, even though he's only in it for a little bit. And yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis's performance sort of just... Car- it does carry the movie as Bill the Butcher, but it's like an iconic role for me, so I will always... There, there are like scenes in that movie that I will stick around, that I'll, I'll slog through the slow parts just to see those scenes. Um... And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely like that movie. That's one of Matt's favorite movies, actually. Really? Yeah, I'd have yeah. to, I would have to rewatch it, but I don't know if I'd want to. The love because, story is, like, annoying, too. Yeah, because I remember watching it, I think, I don't know, oh, it was, his... like, eight or nine years ago when I finally watched it. Some, maybe even longer than that. Oh, Jim Broadbent, yeah. Okay. And I remember it being good, but I don't remember, I, I don't remember anything about it. I just remember I liked John C. Riley in it. 
And that was pretty much all I remember from the movie. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that is a bad movie. I, I don't. It's not one of my favorites, but I definitely think it's one of. I, I, I would consider <laughs> that a classic. Um, <laughs> I mean, people. I mean, I mean, a lot of people say Martin Scorsese is overrated because of films like Gangs of New York or even uh, Wolf of Wall Street. They're like, why is this movie so like renowned? they try? It looks like it tries too hard. Yeah, and you're just like, what? I, I I don't know if my like sense of humor is like different now because mm. of the internet, but that could be it. Yeah, that there was like it. two times speed sometimes, and I was like, what? Like mm. this is funny. That's interesting. Not serious. But then you- or like the blood coming out, and I'm like, that's yeah. it. It just did not age well. Well, mm. that's a fair point. I yeah, I mean, I I have I'm hit or miss with Scorsese, but. Taxi Driver and Raging Bull are enough for me to mm. always consider him one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen either of those. Oh, man. Raging Bull is my... It, it I know it's your number is my one, first right? or second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just an incredible film. Robert De Niro just turned 71, I think, recently. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. He's a great guy. What I finally watched? I don't know. I don't know if I talked about it last time we recorded. It was just you and me, but I finally watched Hamilton. Oh, I don't think you... I know we talked about it. I don't know if you talked about it on the podcast, though. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I finally finally watched it. And... Um, <laughs> it was... I, I understand why people love it. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's Lord like, of the Rings he's like trying to see <laughs> how he can say it without getting canceled. I understand why people love it. And honestly, on an individual song basis, I enjoy listening. I actually I still look up songs and I'll listen to them. Mm. But watching the whole thing, like just the, the whole thing in a row is just all the sounds become it's all monotonous. It's all like even though the beats are different, like it all still is like the same cadence. It's like the same thing. And it just it becomes white noise at some point. Yikes. Because it's just that. But when I listen to the songs individually, they're magic. Like, they're great. But mm. for some reason, it's just the same. It just turns into white noise for me for some reason. But That's interesting. Um, and then the story as a whole, I mean, it was fun. I don't know. I just, like, I get why people, I do understand why people love it. It's just not my, it's just not my style of thing I like to watch. Do you think Fair. you went in with, like, really high expectations? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh. I definitely did not. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I, 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 nothing Bryce says he doesn't like will shock me anymore. <laughs> I've learned to, to flip a coin. I yeah. learned like, he might love it. He might think it's shit, or he might fall somewhere in the middle. So. <laughs> I, I don't never really be watch a lot of like musicals and stuff. Yeah. But I do like watching like live um, theater. No shows like okay. like concerts, and I was okay. watching the homecoming Beyonce yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. special on Netflix. Um, and I really love like shows that are like extravagant, like that, you know, like, like go full out, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as someone that goes to concerts a lot, like sure. those aren't the concerts I go to, okay, I go to just like chill smaller concerts Mm -hmm. but i do like appreciate like when pop stars can like dance and sing and do all this stuff i love that 
And yeah, Andrew was saying that he doesn't really like the showy side of, of oh, concerts. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think that's part of the that's part of the appeal of seeing someone live is seeing how you know how creative they're going to be with their with their show you know like i it's cool i mean obviously you're going because you want to see that artist perform live but i do i don't i i think the showmanship aspect of it the the performance aspect of it paying for is is yeah is a big part of it because i i know that i uh so i'm a big fan of rock music we talked about this before and i but i generally don't go to and pay for rock shows like like big name artists sure. and go to like their festivals or their or their concerts because it's just to me it's a lot of money just to hear something i can play a cd on mm-hmm. or, or or listen to the live cd and get like a same thing but then the past several years like i've been hearing like i i, I see youtube videos of these live performances and like it's like a theater it's yeah, like a whole yeah. theater product i didn't know that was a thing so much goes into it. i thought yeah. it was just these artists come out they have some lights and maybe some fireworks and like that's what happens because my experience with shows that's what my experience with shows has been yeah like with muse like when i went to the 2007 like muse tour Mm. uh i think it was for absolution or black holes and revelation i don't remember but i went to that i went to iron maiden and dream theater and i've been to these things it's just like loud in fireworks and like it's fun it's cool but i never wanted to keep paying money for that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um but then I started seeing YouTube videos of some other rock artists I love listening to, but never pay for. And I was like, wow, that would have been super awesome to yeah. like be there for. Yeah. yeah. So I've learned I've missed out on some things and that the some ticket prices are worth it. So I would love to see Lady Gaga because I've seen mm. her perform like. Yeah, she goes all the out. monster ball. Ah, love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that uh, pretty much wraps up today's episode. Um, uh, Jen has a small announcement that she's going to make before we actually wrap up, though. Um, mm-hmm. um, well, I love talking to my BFFs and drinking coffee. <laughs> and um, I would love to still be doing that. But I think it's gotten really hard to, like, have a time for us to all be able to like get together and talk um so for now it's just gonna be adonis and bryce and maybe some guests but i'm gonna um take a little break gotta take care of you yeah gotta get it done yeah You're, you're making moves and it's happening and it's awesome and these are strange times we're living in. You know, everything yeah. seems so up in the air and there's just not a lot of certainty. So, uh, yeah, like Bryce said, you got to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, this isn't like, you know, the end. Like, yeah, it's not goodbye. Said. You just got to get through you. You said, yeah. you, you know, like you said, you might come back in the future. Um, yeah, I just didn't want to hold you guys back or be yeah. like, oh, like, sorry, can't this day. And, like feel bad that i can't like participate when you guys can yeah Yeah. and so i just think it's better that way no yeah and like we said we'll continue it's not we're not saying goodbye to you uh we'll keep we'll keep the listeners updated on on the goings on and the happenings in your life as we uh as we go forward um yeah and whenever you decide is the right time to come back we'll obviously gladly bring you right back on because you're Thank you. You're the third leg or the third <laughs> wheel in this tricycle. It doesn't move right without you. Absolutely. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah. Uh, didn't want to make a big deal of that, guys. So that that's why 
if you're feeling like, oh, that's sudden. Uh, we just didn't want to sort of make it into a thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She will be back. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. You just won't hear an extra squeaky voice. <laughs> an extra squeaky voice. It's only a problem if we, you know, if Jen is posting about her own uh, private podcast later on. <laughs> <laughs> and then later has a YouTube know. reveal. Well, yeah. this is what really happened. <laughs> My um, YouTube video is called Why I Left <laughs> Yeah, um, um, I really felt like <laughs> felt like they were um, holding me back from my dreams. <laughs> oh, man, you had that kind of too ready. Now I'm starting to question whether yeah, it sounds like you have a whole script ready <laughs> for that episode. Um, but that yeah, that's going to do it for this week, guys. Uh, if you want to say anything to, to Jen, write into our email address broodconvos at gmail.com uh, if you do send me a, a message on yeah. there i'll come back for that episode yeah, yeah. and then leave we'll, we'll just wait. kidding we'll, uh... <laughs> yeah but uh that's where you consider emails they don't have to be about jen if you guys just want to send us emails about the show uh please do uh yeah broodconvos at gmail.com and you can also follow our instagram and facebook at brood podcast and check out Twitter at Brood Convos. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. My name's Adonis. My name's Jen. And I'm Bryce. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. As you begin to develop and expand your skills and your talents and your vision of yourself, you will always be in control of your destiny. Brood Podcast is recorded in Chandler, Arizona. Our producers are Bryce Gonzalez, Jennifer Montez, and Adonis Ship. Our intro music is Easy, produced by CJ Beats. Our outro music is Destiny, produced by James Berkeley. Our social media managers are Bryce Gonzalez and Jennifer Montez. Our editor is Adonis Ship. <laughs>